we're going to uh, continue on with uh, love and unity. And we, you know, we talked last week. You know, we we got into love, and we we showed you know through First John chapter three that love is not optional. It is a commandment that the Lord tells us to love our brothers. And He says this through First uh, John chapter three that if we uh, if we don't love our brothers and practice righteousness, then we are not of God. And instead, we become children of the devil. Right? And we don't want to be children of the devil. Right? So, you know, and I talked about how it should never be where a fellow brother and sister in Christ, that they should never tell another brother and sister in Christ, I can't forgive you. I actually shouldn't tell anybody that. Because truth be told, it is a commandment that we not only love our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we love our neighbors as well, right? Hey, I was reading Zechariah uh, this week, and Zechariah chapter 8, and it said this, it said that we are not to think evil of our neighbor, and actually God hates that, right? So that's another sign of that we're loving, we love our neighbor. And then I just happened to search it, reading that, and loving our neighbor is actually found like 10 times in the Bible. So that also tells me that's not optional. And then Jesus takes another step further. We talked about this in Matthew 5, that we are to love our enemies. And then sometimes that can be hard for us to do out of our natural flesh. But this is why we have his Holy Spirit to help us in that. Amen. Amen. And then we talked about how we went from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we talked about how we are to be in unity. But I want to be a precur- have a precursor in that. That, you know, when it comes to the world, we are still to love the world. Right. But. It's going to be impossible for us to be in unity with the world. But the scriptures say as much as possible, we did live peacefully with the world. Right. But we won't be able to live in unity with the world because why? They're going this way and this way, but we're going this way. Meaning as we draw closer to God, he's stripping us of the things of this world. So now we're conforming to him and not the world. And that's going to create a wedge between us and the world. But we are still to love them. Right. We're not to treat them, those who are unsaved, regardless of their lifestyle. We're still supposed to love them and not necessarily speak evil of them. Amen. So we're going to we're definitely not going to get through all this today, but we're going to start at first Peter, chapter three. First Peter, chapter three. And as you turn there, you know, I'll just give a little I'm not going to go in depth in the in uh, Peter's, but he is writing to Christians here. <coughs> Excuse me. That smoke from that was outside still in me. <laughs> but he was he was writing to Christians who were scattered to different towns because of persecution, the fact that they were suffering for their faith. So Peter here is encouraging Christians to have faith, to obey and be patient. I may know that being a Christian doesn't prevent us from having to suffer. <laughs> being a Christian doesn't save us from suffering. Right. But we are saved from our sin. Right. So, you know, we, we, we have to remember that, you know, as Christians, we will suffer in this world. And that's OK. That's OK. Amen. But our suffering is not in vain because our hope in eternity is with Jesus Christ. So when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to being set apart to live for him. Now, this second section of chapter three is reminiscent of preceding of the preceding two chapters. Peter is continually reminding us that we are to live in harmony with one another, even if we are being treated badly. And, you know, first, Peter will be a good chapter for the church to be in today's time. 
Right? Because we're, we're thinking that because we're born again and because we have certain rights and privileges that we don't have to live in harmony and we can respond a certain way. But we have to remember that Peter was writing to Christians who were suffering from persecution just for their faith. So this is a constant theme throughout the book. He encourages compassion and humility, whether it is in marriage, a work relationship, or one's view of government. All right, so we're going to start in, uh, we'll start with verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And I'll just read this first part here. So finally, all of you, does he not, does, he says all of you, right? Everybody got that? All of you, anybody say anything? Just some of you, only the good people, anything like that? No, all of you be of what? One mind. One mind. That word, one mind, there, or the two words there, one mind, means to come into agreement. So what are we to be in one mind with? That's having the mind of Christ. Right? And this again shows us that, hey, we're going to have to be in his word. Because how will we know the mind of Christ unless we're in his word? Right? So, well, I thought Marsha was going to go there when she read from Philippians 2. But it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 2 tells us that the Lord actually gives us the mind of Christ. So this is something that we, this is how we can all be on one mind. We know as, as the Holy Spirit causes us to be basically married, to come together as a body. But in order for us to have the mind of Christ, why we, we have to line up with the word. Now, people may say, well, how can we all be one when we have all these different denominations and things like that? Well, that's not the problem, right? Because... I said before, when it comes to the scriptures, we may not agree with everything in the scriptures per se, right? But the scriptures would be read three ways, literally, figuratively, and symbolically, right? So we know when it's literally, we either take it as it's, we're reading a book, but it actually happened. It's the truth. These are the things that we can come into agreement with. So we know that Mary was a virgin, right? When she had Christ, right? And we know how she became pregnant. Right? That's little. We, we should be in agreement with that as born-again believers. Right? So even when it talks about us loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, that's literal. Right? There's no misinterpretation there. But yet, we struggle with that in the church. And that should not be in the church. Don't you know there are some churches in this country that I could walk into and they will look at me strange. There are some churches Phil could walk into and they will look at him strange. What are you doing here? But yet, they will call themselves Christians. That ought not to be. Why? Because as we're in the body of Christ, it takes on, that's what separates us from the world. It takes on all ethnicities, regardless of race or anything else. We're to come in as one body. Right? So we should never look down upon another believer. Why? Because that's our brother, that's our sister in Christ. But yet, Christians do it all the time. So even in the sense, the way that I mentioned about Zechariah 8, where it says that um, we should not even think evil of our neighbor. Why is it we have Christians that think evil about another brother and sister in Christ? Or in the sense of our neighbor, because who is our neighbor? Right? Jesus gave a parable about that with the Samaritan. So now, we should not be thinking evil even of the homosexual community. 
We should love. We won't agree with that, but we should still show love towards them. Right? But then we have ministers that will sit up here and dispel hate from the pulpit. But that's not, that's not how we should respond. That's not love. So again, it's the gospel that keeps us on the same page. Alright, so be of one mind. This speaks of the essential unity of God's people. Meaning, hey, we are not all going to be the same. Okay? We are not going to be the same. God never called for us to be the same. Right? But we should still love. <laughs> that didn't distract me, but <laughs> I broke a habit. I should have kept on going. <laughs> But, you know, we're not going to be the same because God never called us to be the same. And see, it is a, and see, for some reason, we think when we come to the church that we have to be the same. But God didn't call all of us to be pastors. He didn't call all of us to be deacons. Why? Because if we did, if we were all the same, we would not be a body. We would not be a body. So this thought and image came to me this week where I, I think about how when I was on the submarine, uh, I, I'll take my uh, first, uh, which was uh, a boomer class. Well, I know y'all don't know what that is, but anyway. I do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> you in the Navy. I know you do. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, we would have a crew of probably about 150 people. Right? So we were all, well, we had two crews. We had a gold crew and a blue crew. And when the gold crew was on the sub, the blue crew was in port. So now we had the gold crew. Now we were 150 people, but we were also broken up in divisions. Your division could be anywhere from three people to maybe about 10 to 12 people, right? And, but we're all individuals, but we're the one. So if we were all torpedo men, let's say, we would never get the boat underway. We would never be able to stay out to sea. Why? Because even though we're one Navy, one boat, we're different. Why? Because we all have a part to play. And sometimes we're trying to group, a lot of times we're trying to group every believer into being the same. No. We won't be able to function that way. We're not all called to be evangelists. Right? We're not all called to be necessary in the helps. Alright? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12. We'll come back to 2 Peter 3 at a later time. We won't get there today. I'm sure. I said 1 Corinthians, correct? Okay. Good man. 1 Corinthians 12. And this is, so I guess God wanted me to read this because a few weeks ago I started reading this but I only read a, a, a few verses and here I am back here again. <laughs> so, you know, I think I might have touched, yeah, I did touch on these before that. They are di- beginning at verse 4. There are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. There are differences in ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. So there are going to be different ministries, different people doing things, and that's okay. Because it's still God, and it's God, it is God that is working everything. Why? For His good. Now, if we're all doing the same thing, the body's not going to be effective. Let's jump down to seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, 
to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So we have these nine gifts of the Spirit here. But guess what? They should flow harmoniously in the body. We should not have one stepping over another, one who's operating out of the word of knowledge, coming over, stepping over somebody who's operating out of the word of wisdom, or somebody's coming to give the word of, uh, uh, operate out of the gift of prophecy. They should flow harmoniously. Amen. Right? But we see that in churches. Everybody's got to get a gift. Everybody's got to go. Everybody's got to go. That's not how it's designed to work. Why? Because it's the body. It's God. He's not, he's not an order, author of confusion. Amen. Right? So we should work together. That means out of love. Sometimes, even though we may have an unction, we have to submit. Amen. You know how many times on Wednesday with Bible study? Usually, regardless of who's speaking, I have my notes all set. I don't, I don't speak all the time. Sometimes I may only speak once or twice. Right? Because you all are speaking. So it may not be that I have to speak. And these are the things. That's a part of love. Taking a step back. Not that, hey, we have to get our point across. And again, that's unity. That's unity of the body. Right? I don't know if y'all been in churches where you got everybody shouting, everybody doing things, and it's just confusion everywhere. God forbid there's an unbeliever in there. They're like, what is going on? <laughs> Everybody look like they're jumping from monkey bars and everything else. It's like, what, what, what's going on? No. That, that's not order. That's not order. Right? So even in the sense that, yes, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We know because we started operating at, at the house. Right? But at the same time, the Lord began to deal with me about that. Because some people were just coming for the gifts. And they didn't necessarily want to be taught the word. And then as we started to teach the more the word, guess what? They're no longer here. Why? Because they wanted, they wanted the gifts. They wanted that, those goosebumps. But it, it, it's not about that. It, it's, it's about the word. Right? And again, that's being, having the, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Because we focus in a lot of times on Jesus and miracles. Don't you know Jesus taught just as much, if not more? But we don't ever talk about that in the church. We focus in on his miracles. And remember, they followed him just for his miracles. They followed him just for his foods. And that's not how it should be. All right, let's keep going. Verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So, many members, just like that sub, right, but it's still one. Right? And we have one body. So we should be able to function together. Amen. Doesn't matter if we're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, we should, if we say we're born again, we have the Holy Spirit in us, we should be able to function as one. Thirteen. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So even Paul takes it another step further in Galatians 3, 28. He says that he says they also neither uh, bond or free. Right? He talks about neither Jew or Greek, and he also says, whether male or female. Right? Because as women, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And I had one pastor say uh, recently, he said this, 
he said he doesn't understand how is it churches have a problem with a woman minister who has a born has a Holy Spirit in them, but then yet they'll allow someone that's not spiritual or a politician to come in and speak in the church as a male. That makes no sense because this is supposed to be our sister in Christ, right? And then we misinterpret some scriptures. So we'll say, well, he says, you know, in Timothy, the bishop's supposed to be uh, husband of one wife. Well, guess what? It says the same thing for deacon. Wasn't Phoebe a, a, a female deacon? Yeah. Fourteen. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? So let me break this down. Let me switch it up. So if Phil should say, because I am not Marie, is he not of the body? Or if Joan should say, I am not of Byron, is she not of the body? No, we're all a part of the body. No matter who we are. Right? We should show love to everyone. We should be in unification with, uh, with the body of believers. Which means, again, once again, we have to learn to submit. Right? So it doesn't mean because we are one body, we're one family, we go into another church, and now all of a sudden, we want to take over. <laughs> right? <laughs> or start getting up and praying for people. No. We can't do that. We can't do that. Why? Because that pastor doesn't know us. That doesn't mean that, oh, well, he's not acting. He's acting a certain way. No. The Spirit's got to communicate that to him. Right? I don't want somebody just coming up in here, laying hands on you all. I'm not going to let that happen. Amen. Because <laughs> trust me, that happens in churches. Now, I have been to churches where that, but it was a connection and a spirit there with a pastor or whoever called me up and allowed me to. That's fine, but if the pastor or whoever, the, that's okay too. Why? Because out of love, I will submit. See, we got to stop thinking that we're so anointed that we can do what we want to do in the house of God. Doesn't work like that. We we have rules. <laughs> we we got to submit again. We do as the Romans do. It doesn't make them necessarily wrong. It doesn't make us wrong. For the, God knows the heart. Because sometimes it may be our own pride that's causing us to rise up in that. Well, you're not going to let me give a prophetic word? Well, I'm not coming back. Okay. <laughs> All right, verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing where would be the hearing, excuse me? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Amen. God set each member in the body as he pleased. Not as I please or anybody else please, but as God pleased. Amen. That means he may have in a particular area, he may have more prophets there. That's okay. But there's a reason why he may have them there. In another particular area, he may have more evangelists there. There's a reason for that. We don't always know. 
And we don't mimic that. Why? Because it says God, please. So in other words, somebody from the outside can't come into this house, tell us what we need to do. Amen. But that happens. What verse was that? 19. 19? Alright, thank you. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Verse 20. But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our, and our unpresentable part, excuse me, have greater modesty. So sometimes... We may think of less of certain people that have certain tasks and functions within the body. See, we can be in the church and we may have somebody that regularly cleans the bathroom, but we'll walk right by them just to get to the visiting preacher or prophet and we'll say, hey, no. No. Because guess what? God's bestowed honor on them. And see, we're thinking that Oh, I want to be the minister. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be the lead praise and worship leader. But God is blessing that person that's in the back working. He's blessing that servant that, that is serving food and being a servant to people. He's blessing that man or woman of God that's going and visiting people and not being acknowledged for that. He's blessing them for that. Amen. Amen. Right? But we're focused on whoever's standing behind the pulpit. No. See, we, 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 I don't know if you ever saw a liver in live or a brain in live or a heart. It's not, it's not easy on the sight, the eyes, right? But they're vital to our bodies, right? <laughs> they're vital. So, God forbid we don't have a heart. <laughs> right? We're, we're probably not moving. <laughs> right? So, it's important. It's vital. Right? So, just because it may not be our face, our pretty faces, right? The heart is still important. The lungs are still important. Yeah. The liver is still important. The kidneys, the intestines, those are still important parts of the body, even though they're not seen. Twenty-fourth. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body. That there should be no schism. And I talked about that word division last week being uh, schismata. This one here is schisma, meaning tear. tear. So to, to tear apart, to rip apart. And I talked about last week. When we have division and schism in the body, we're tearing apart the body of Christ. And Christ is the one that's feeling that pain. Now we just read Luke chapter 23 this past week with the crucifixion of Christ. He was ripped. His body was ripped in, in, in shreds when they tortured him. So think about what we're doing to Christ each time we have division in the body. We're ripping him up over and over and over again. For what? For selfishness? For pride? For arrogance? That's not love. That's not unity. Right? But he wants us to function. And see, this is how the enemy will come in because he wants that division there. He wants us to look at this one, that one. Strive for what this one has. Talk about this one. Not forgive this one. 
Why? Because we're hindering the body. We're hindering the move of God. See, I always tell people this. We, we talk about the world going down, the work, world being dark. It is. But it's not the world's fault. It's the church's fault. Because we're the ones that should be shining brightly. We should be, Christ should be a beacon of light through each and every one of us as a body. But we're bickering just as much as the world is. You have churches, even though the scriptures say, do not sue another brother. We have churches suing each other. For what? That shouldn't be. But then yet, we want to be able to show the world something? <laughs> no. See, what we'll do is we'll, when we do those things, we start to ignore those scriptures. And that's not of God. Second half of 25. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Let's be real. Do we actually do that? Right? Do we do, we do that when we see another member suffering, going through? Or do we rejoice when someone's getting honored? I can't believe they're doing that. I know what they've been doing. That's what we do, though. I've been in churches where I hear people talking right behind me. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> but when one... See, it should be that love and that compassion should flow through us even when we have another sick brother and sister in Christ. We don't need nobody to tell us to visit that person. Amen. We don't need to even pray about that. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's not something we need to pray about. That's something that should be automatic in us. Amen. But yet, we just neglect it. <laughs> right? Whatever. Y'all remember the last church, Bill? Right? I, I wasn't close friends. We became close friends, but that was through me visiting him. Taking him to his appointments. A lot of y'all don't know who it is, but Redneck as well. <laughs> Same thing. When he, when he was in, in the hospital, in the care center, I went to go visit him. I said, hey, I'm coming to see my brother. And he said, there's my brother. And the staff looking at us. And as you, those that know, Reagan, know we don't look nothing alike. <laughs> We're not even close. Nobody will compare us. <laughs> right? But that was my brother in Christ. I, you know, and I reflect back even thinking about this today. Marsha called, she was working at MCV. She called me about her family. They were looking for a pastor to come and pray. This was years ago. It wasn't a pastor, nothing. I had just got off of work. work. I got off at 11 p.m., 12 a.m., something like that. She called me, and I said, well, I'll come. They were believers from Virginia Beach. So I went, and I prayed with them. Don't you know how much appreciative they were? They said, are you a pastor? I said, no, but I'm going to pray with you. You remember that? Right. They appreciated that. Right, so now, years later, they could reciprocate that to somebody. Hey, I remember we were MCV, we were visiting. Let's go visit this person. Yes. That's the body. That's love. Yes. That's unity. I didn't know them. And to this day, I've never spoken to them again. But it didn't matter. That's right. Why? Because they were in need. Brothers and sisters in Christ, believers, I was there. 
That's how we should all be. Right? That's love. Amen. But a lot of times, when someone gets sick and shut in, sometimes it's our own disservice because we don't let nobody know. Right? We don't let nobody know. And then we'll come into church and we'll complain, well, nobody came to visit me. Well, you didn't let nobody know. Right? Other times, it's just neglect on our part. Yes. Right? But that's... Look, and, and see, what, what bothers my mind... We'll show love to other people outside the church, but not, only to, but not to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Hmm. We'll, 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 we'll go out, we'll do outreach to the world, but won't give and so into our brothers and sisters in Christ. Hmm. That ought not to be. That's right. And even the, the Old Testament shows that, that they were supposed to take care of those the Jews. Right? They were supposed to take care. But sometimes we, we neglect. But the love and the unity functioning as one. Right? Because even what makes us a, a great navy is the fact that we can still, we can operate together. Yes. And we can function together. So even as the body of Christ, we function together. Yes. And it doesn't matter where we're at, whether we're here, New Mexico, Massachusetts. I talked about the church in Massachusetts when I was in the reserve. They took me in. Like they knew me their whole entire lives. All white church. Best love that I experienced in the church. <laughs> and I still talk to them. Well, the pastors have since passed away recently, but I still communicate with the, the, the rest of the church. That's love. That's unity. Even when I went to Iraq, guess what? They were sending me letters. My own church wasn't sending me letters, but they were. That's love. Yeah. That's unity. Right? Because nobody had to ask them, hey, well, you, you think it would be all right if we... They did it. They did it. Mm-hmm. Why are we trying to seek permission for showing love mm-hmm. to one another? Yeah. That ought not to be. Right. Now, I get it. If it's somebody out there and what... Okay, yeah, you may want to pray about it. Right? But if it's our brothers and sisters in Christ, we got to show love. Regardless of how they may respond. Amen. Mother of the Lord. Hey, they came in the rain one day. In a, in a, in a hurricane. I said, you don't have to come bring us food. This is when I was going through the kingdom. Don't bring us no food. But they came out. Yeah. Drove over 30 minutes. That's love. <laughs> That's love. Amen. To take care of the body. That's unity. 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So again, we're, we're one body. We're, we're individual members, but we're one body. We're family. Yes. Right? We're family. Amen. Right. And we forget that because we keep going to our body. Now thank God if your biological family is saved. Mm. But some of us, our biological family may not be saved. Hey. <laughs> and we keep running to that rejection. Over and over and over. Why do you think Jesus said, Hey, who is my mother? His brothers were rejecting him. They didn't believe he was the Christ. But he who does my father's will is my brother, is my mother. So again, you go from one mother to millions of mothers. But you keep still trying to hold on to that one mother. And again, thank God, you got a biological mom to say. Right? Same way. Right? 
But guess what, Marie? You have more than one mom. I'm not talking about mom one or two. <laughs> I'm talking about the body spirit, the body of Christ. But we neglect that. And again, we got to stop running to that rejection. Because we won't grow. Because <laughs> that's not how God designed it. That's not how God designed it that way. All right, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, writings of tongues, 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. No. So why are we all trying to work miracles? And you can't work a miracle unless the Holy Spirit wills it. But we're trying to conjure up some miracle, and then what do we do? We go into church, somebody lay hands on us, and we're faking and falling out. How many times have you seen somebody in the Bible falling out? But yet, and I've been guilty of it. You don't believe I've been guilty of it. Somebody praying me for I felt like obligated. Hey, everybody was falling out. Well, if I don't fall out, then I guess the morning is on me, so I'm going to fall out. Because I know somebody's behind me to catch me. And I just stay down. Mm, yep. Nope. But yet, we feel we got to go in the church and we got to put on the front with a mask. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to lay hands and we're going to fall out. Again, how many times you see people fall out when Jesus prayed for them? Not that you can't. Oh, you, you're raising your hand. <laughs> So we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play with the body of Christ. Right? So we got to stop trying to be this one or that one. I mean, let's be who God called us to be. All right. Last verse and we'll stop here. Last verse. I just said it. All right. Verse 21. Uh, But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Desire the best gift. So some of us are praying, hey, Lord, give me the best gift. What is the best gift? So let me give you, paint a picture for you. You are a carpenter. You got to change a pipe. Look, you think a hammer will be the best weapon? Uh, not the weapon. But the best tool for that? No, probably a pipe wrench, right? Would be the best. So that's the best, best tool for that moment. Right now, you're going out to do a deck. Phil? You're probably not going to use a screwdriver to nail some nails, are you? You're going to use a hammer. That's best tool, best gift. So whatever is necessary for that moment is the best gift. One day it might actually be a prophetic word for somebody. Another day it might just be helps for somebody. Desire the best gifts. Right? And this is what we seek God out for. Right? Because we may come across somebody and we may need a teaching gift at that moment. Desire the best gifts. All right, but we're desiring the wrong things. And we'll get into Romans 13. No, Corinthians 13. Excuse me. And love later on. Amen. Let's stop right there. Let's bow our heads.